Anyway, that voice is Mike Saroy. Hi. He'll be here today. Uh, we have a sponsor for this segment. Canton Hall and Vaughn Lane. And Danny has, like, uh, been dying to present this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm dying for you guys to hear it. I don't know how excited <laughs> I am to present it. So the ridiculous band that I play in had the rare out-of-town Sunday night gig this past week, and we played in Austin at this venue called Empire Control Room, which is right there off of 5th or 7th and Red River, whatever, but right next to Stubbs. So the venue itself, there's no real good place to uh, to exit. There's no real dressing room. And we all wear suits. And yeah, I your band, get, everybody is in a suit. Yeah. The three-piece black <laughs> Is that white a whipping or do you like it? No, it's you guys fine. look I, amazing, but... but it, it's down now to I don't even think about it. Really? It's, I'm, like the, the, I'm like the guy that wears suit to work every day. Okay. <laughs> it's not a beating anymore. It's just like putting on a pair of shorts. Super simple. But after the show, I needed to drive back. So we got done at around 9 o'clock. And you know how Austin is. It's insane, especially that downtown area. So just negotiating, loading out, getting the gear in the car, and getting on the road, because I did not, could have stayed the night, but do you want to try to risk no. getting back to Dallas, no matter what time you leave in the morning no. in Austin? No. Uh, say you leave at 7. You still might be five hours out, depending on what you're dealing with on, and on 35. And that would have meant you would have spent the night and gone out that night, too, and the next morning would have been tough. Yeah, and then having to come straight in here... And go to work. Right. So, opted just to drive back that night. Do you see how responsible he is? Hey, you guys really are. Oh, yeah. I'm shocked. Thank you. <laughs> Weird. Thank you. <laughs> what, what's going on? What? So, rather than trying to find a place to change in the civilian clothes, I'm like, let's just hop in the car. We'll get north. We'll find a Starbucks or a Bucky's or something. Find a good restroom to go in and change. So we get a little bit out of town, and there's this big truck stop called, I think it's called the Flying J. Yeah. Okay? Sure. I mean, you've got like a 100 pumps, tons of restrooms. It's just a big, giant place. Not quite the size of Bucky's. So anyway, I roll in that place with my suit and my suitcase that has jeans and a flannel and some boots or whatever. And I'm like, I'm just going to go in the, the handicap stall and change. All right? Plenty of room. Yeah. Can hang up your stuff. Nice restroom that you went in? It was fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it might have been cleaned in, during the Clinton administration, but okay. who cares? So I roll in, and it's the handicap stall the far end, and I realize as I walk past to get to the handicap stall, there are feet sticking out from underneath the stall next to me, mm. facing me, like pointing out, not mm -hmm. like the back of someone's feet, the front. We know what they're doing. Okay, facing forward away from the toilet, not facing the dividing wall between you, because that's a whole bigger issue. That's a huge that's issue. A weird no, issue. I was not facing that issue. Okay. Like he's side-sitting. Yeah. No. No. He's standing, Corby. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So anyway, I, I go in, commence to set up the suitcase, get everything open, and I'm in there probably a good... Eight to ten minutes, just it takes time because you don't want to like you don't want anything touching the ground. You've got to be very I know, meticulous I know. about how you're hanging stuff up. And I'm going from one entire outfit, basically. And this isn't Corona thing. This is just it's just pee life, and, yes. and life that's all over the floor. Is there anything more clutch than the one hook that's in like every oh, bathroom? Yeah. Help! It was quite helpful in, yeah. in, in this sense. So while I'm in there doing my thing, changing an entire outfit save underwear and socks yes you know, like i said eight to ten minutes in there the person that's next next to me i don't know how long they've been in there prior and i don't know how long they remained in there after i left but i can tell you this 
the sound, the smells, the force, and the fury of what emitted from that little three-by-four room that I was just a half-inch of particle board and metal away from was unbelievable. Were you laughing? It's it, it gets uh, after, to a point. or the look up, like you're doing your sock, and then you hear something like <laughs> do the look up, like oh, yeah, is that real? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After probably the <laughs> the fourth penetration of the sound barrier, right? Of sheer rectal force, I did <laughs> under my breath go, wow. <laughs> I'm at this point just it, it's horrible. I'm trying to get dressed. I've got to, I want to get out of there. And about probably about a minute before I wrap up and get everything packed and the suit on a hanger and I'm fully dressed, the door opens up and I hear a woman's voice go, "Tommy, are you still in there?" <laughs> and I hear the voice of what had to have been a 9-year-old boy say, yeah, I'll be out in a minute, Mom. It was a boy? It was a little kid. Oh. And it sounded like like, like a grandpa. <laughs> yes, it sounded like my grandpa. Remember the song, Red Bag? Grandpa, what did you have for dinner? Yes. Yeah, that's what I. That's what it brought me back to, was oh, staying in my grandparents' house. Oh, poor little house. guy. Well, Hull, if you're not sure on the age, right? He, so was he maybe could have been 14 or 15. No, voice, hadn't, that... voice hadn't cracked yet. Wow. Voice had not dropped Which is yet. always dicey, too. The, the guy probably didn't have his dad with him. It was his mom, and yeah. so she's worried that something's going on in yeah, there. Yeah, because... are looking at 10 minutes yeah. in, a, in a horrible bathroom. Yeah. And, sh- and she just saw this guy yes. walk in. walking in with a suitcase. <laughs> right. One of the reservoir dogs just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got a silencer and a freaking pistol just murdering children contract on Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It was a little boy. It was a little boy. That's the thing is that kids, they have no whatever. They don't care. You know, most don't. They'll go wherever. But don't you guys both draw the line? Like, I mean, if you've got to go, you got to go. I get it. But man, I can't go in there in like what truck stop? Or? Yeah, bad truck stop. You can't well, do you can't do evil bathroom in a truck stop. I don't think so. That's I thought you the, were always okay with all this. I yeah. am, but there, I draw the line at the truck stop. I would rather go to like a subway. Well, okay, yeah. There's no difference, none. It's just a hole in the ground, right? Yeah, truckers eat subs too. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my line is probably lower than most. Like, we're all just getting through this weird, disgusting world together, and everything, everything's awful anyway. And look, if I, I you're, know. if you're in, at, a, at a Flying J's, you know, south of Temple, Texas, no one's gonna know, care, remember, think about you, but I'm still thinking about that 10 year old boy. No doubt. Just unleashed Satan's nightmare. <laughs> Tommy, if you're out there, and there, you know what? Seven, eight, seven. <laughs> and there is that fine line. Age wise, yeah, because we're just pa- we just passed it where you don't let your child go into a foreign bathroom like that, not alone, alone. And what so, is that? And age? So if the, well, Ten? not without well, a rubber, dude. I think it's like I think it is like what? Nothing. What what did you say? I don't know. I think no, it, I think it's like yeah. nine gloves. or ten. You're not supposed to do that. And so what happens is if the dad's not there, like this kid, yep. 
You take them into the women's. Okay. And then yeah, but there's the, the window there. They're too big to want to go into the women's room. Yes, they're embarrassed. They mm-hmm. don't want to do that. And so, but imagine Tommy in the women's room doing that. Yeah, with, <laughs> with, with Opal and Margaret on right, either side of him right. just dealing with that unleashment. Right. Alan, is that you? No. <laughs> what about the dad who has the daughter and has to bring the daughter into Same the thing. men's room? You see it all the time. Yeah. All the time. But like five or under... It doesn't fine, matter, but right. then I, there, there's got to be a window, maybe eight, nine. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a girl eight or, or nine years old. Dude, in there. I mean, that... like, like the, our guy's ten, our little guy's ten, and he'll go in there with his older brother mm-hmm. into foreign bathroom, and we feel okay about that, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's a dude. Those places are weird. So why we need the bench? We talked about why it doesn't suck. That's true. Just like the one we're getting on the fourth floor here. That's true. The bench, the dual seater. <laughs> Yeah, you missed it. The love toilet? Pretty much the love toilet. Right. All right, well, Danny, I'm glad you survived, buddy. I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about Tommy. (laughs) I'm guessing he survived. All right. It'll get worse, Tommy. Let's get it. it Oh, boy, will it ever. Let's get into the program (laughs) and start with uh, a little bit of NFL and Cowboys. The ticket. Based on recent information. (laughs) That's one way to put it. We are going to try and figure out... Who was drunker? Mm-hmm. Because we've had several incidents. This is more than two. That's true. <laughs> we've had several incidents up here at the radio station, unfortunately, where people have consumed a little too much booze. And been recorded. And unfortunately, they have been recorded. Now, me, I'm going to go ahead and play this one first that I have because it really sets the tone. And it's Camp Out Corby. It's just kind of the over-under on... Uh, Blood alcohol level? Yeah, pretty much. This is from like 2010. <laughs> it's our baseline. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2009, 2010, something yeah. like that. So Eight. if you sound like this, you probably shouldn't drive. <laughs> now, thank God that we didn't have automobiles, but this was at the camp out, and um, we had been drinking. The Mavericks got beat by the Spurs, and I wanted to drown my sorrows. And mm-hmm. so I drowned all of them. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, here is about 2 in the morning at the campound. Come on. I love it. I was like, up with something better than that? And you know what, Tara? You've got Giorgio Tara here. Is, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, uh, Corby? What is your favorite Corby? <laughs> oh, my God. Turn off his microphone. Oh, get that. He was I didn't, starting to I, say funny. Get yeah, that. No. Clearly, I said the F word. God. But he wasn't either. Okay, uh, Donnie, do we have anyone else? <laughs> do we have girl? Donnie. 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 The number is 214. Donnie. Donnie. What? Donnie. 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 <laughs> You're listening to Delilah. <laughs> I've been wrestling with you. We're going to have to go mic off on him. Well, here's the... No business. Dude. No business being awake. Now, remember... Oh, my. I was not on the air for like two hours during that peak time, Mm -hmm. and then I was walking to my tent, and Mike Reiner grabbed me and says, you're not going anywhere, and put the headset on me. (laughs) What's your favorite Corby? What's your favorite Corby? I could still sue him. (laughs) Just because he's retired doesn't mean I can't sue him. Mm -hmm. True. So there, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. What's your favorite uh, 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 Corby? What is your favorite Corby? <laughs> oh God, the... doesn't make sense. Then he corrected himself with, "What is your favorite Corby?" 
Oh, all right. Yeah, it's all clear. Look. Well, not this one. <laughs> oh. That was not the best version of yourself. No. No, George. I'm not mad, Corby. I'm just disappointed. I know you are, little buddy. I know you are. It's a tough stretch we had. Um, all right, so that's that's example number one. As we mow through these, just have that on your at the top of your pyramid. But um, here are some others, Mino. I don't know what you're going to play. Okay. So, yeah. Let's play another camp out, another person on the show. This was Danny. I think this was a year after, a couple of years after. Do you have internet access? Yeah. All right. Okay, go to X videos and look up No. Big Big Blacks, Big Racks. Okay. All right. There's the soul plane. I've yeah, never actually that's seen the it. Jams. That's the soul Donovan, plane. Donovan, I'm not even kidding you. It's it, a bunch of crazy like ex NBA players and some big old breasted. All right, you go to bed. Just go to bed, all right? I wanna go to bed. I wanna live forever. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless no. you. No! Shut up. Please hang up on, on him. Forever. Hang, can I, Donnie, can I just hang up it? on him. Can I, Donnie. No, 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 no. Time out. Time I don't out. want to, guys. Shut up, Donnie. Go. You don't Go. do a damn thing. Go. I want to oh I want to do the rest of the show tonight by myself on the phone for two hours. All right. <laughs> hey, okay. Well, you know what? Donnie, it's your job. We are signing out right now at the Ticket Compound. It is 201. I'll be here for the next two hours. We <laughs> really appreciate all the ladies that called in. Power hours gone. We are going to bed. We will talk to you tomorrow, 530, Musers, Camp Out, Wilford Reserve, in the house. We'll holla. <laughs> <laughs> Wilford Reserve. A twofer there. Yeah, that was a twofer. God. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to do my own show from the phone. In both these cases, there's a voice of reason, like in the background, trying to save the person. Yeah. yeah. You're like, no, get rid of him. Drop yes. him. Drop him. Me. No, no. And Gordon's telling <laughs> no. you. Get him off the, yeah, get off get him mic. Off the That was George. So get him. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's Danny and Donovan. We have some mic drops. It's hard to find the the uh, full context, but this this was Mike when he did his power hour. Go in there and drink 60 shots of beer. <laughs> Let's see what you got. How many? So his, his BAC was probably about the same as yours. I uh, wish we could have a one of the things you blow a in. Breathalyzer? A breathalyzer? Yeah, a breathalyzer. It'd be fun. Next Let's camp see. pound. This was this was after you Darvish got traded a couple of years oh, ago, yeah. when Groobs called into Diamond Talk. <laughs> oh boy, on our phone line right now, Ty. It's, oh, it's is Shoopy. It, is it real? It's one Michael Gruber. It's Grubs. Shoopy. Hey guys. Help the Metroplex heal tonight. Um. So my feeling is. <laughs> You Darvish uh, was ready to go wherever <laughs> anybody told him. What? Am I wrong, guys? What, what, what are you trying to say? I, I, I'm not quite <laughs> sure labored breathing. To make. I mean, he was going uh, to. Huh. The Dodgers were not on his no huh. trade list. No, the Dodgers uh, were on his no trade. Were on his. Uh, <laughs> We're not on his no trade list. What? Uh, Darvish was ready to go to uh, the Dodgers, or uh, I believe uh, other teams. We can't even fix a horse's bone, Shoopy. We can't even fix a horse's bones. It's pathetic. <laughs> All right, yeah. homie, we got to hit a break. We'll let you go. <laughs>
snake shoot. <laughs> Listen to I Ty. Mean, oh, man. Epic. Wow. Epic. It was so bad to start. I thought it was somebody doing a bad Groobs impersonation. Yeah. It's and then you weren't helping out. Sean, uh, Sean was the guy in that case trying to get rid of him yeah. to save save his friend. Right. I wonder how long he would have gone. As long as they would have had him. No doubt. Uh, I know that we have Mike Soroy at the uh, at the fight, fight night, which that's become pretty legendary. And this mm-hmm. was this past year, right? I never know. Yeah, I think they all it, run together. I think he this hates was, this one. I think this was this past I don't year. Know which one is this? Wow! I would say kill the Normandy invasion runs their two record to two and oh, and oh. the shake joint oh. suffers their first do. loss of the evening. Uh, this was a first. I've tough. never seen a shoulder get thrown out, still, especially from a woman. It's Anything. Still, it still doesn't look good. Damn! It still looks kind of grody. Ugh. Oh, it does. Hang on, hang on, hang on, everybody. There's something wrong. You're a freak, man. It's got to do freak. the lethal weapon and just bang it up against the Matt. High five. The other arm. Oh, oh, oh sorry about that. He needs to go to the hospital. Boy, Look that at was that. So wrong. <laughs> it is break time. So Seven twenty-five. The time. Tons of big fights available left. Oh. Users kick around next. Oh, Corona. Oh, Why am I trying to throw it to break? I don't know. All those people there (laughs) sound relatively sober compared to some other clips I've heard of you. It is break time. Tons of. Tons Big of f- fights available left. <laughs> it is break time. So Seven twenty-five. The time. Tons of big fights available left. Oh. Users kick around next. Available left. Seven twenty-five. Only seven twenty-five. That's the thing that I even makes time it great. check myself. The timestamp of not eleven fifty. Seven twenty-five. At least mine was two in the morning well, after the, a. <laughs> here's the reality: is bedtime probably wasn't until three twenty. Yeah. No way. Yep. He did great. Yep. No way. Oh, I guarantee you. Uh, all right, so are we continuing down the Mike Soroy path now, or do we need to go elsewhere? What do you, What else you have in there, Mino, before we get to the, the king? <laughs> yeah, we can play the new one. That's. I mean, we. I think we've covered everybody on the show. Okay. I feel good. So the reason we're doing this is because <laughs> you have started a Twitch channel. Yeah. Thank you. You can promote it now. Oh, yeah, it's twitch.tv slash Saroy. It's just something I do in the evenings, uh, on the weekends maybe, play some video games. But it's more than that. It's about sort of a Q&A, a lifestyle. having fun. You can play some music. And I just recently set up a camera, so I've been doing it with just audio. Who did that for you, by the way? Well, my friend Huey helped me out. Okay. And I need to preface this by including Huey because he is sort of the moderator of my chat, and that's a common thing on Twitch. While I'm doing my thing, I have someone I trust who can delete inappropriate messages or, or do whatever. He also is the one who helped me set the entire computer up, camera, audio. It's this huge operation, a couple thousand dollars. It's a big investment, but I'm like, this is fun. I like doing it, and there is some potential to actually make some you money. You figured out a way to monetize it a So little Huey's bit. like 22 years old, and uh, this is going to be about three minutes of audio. I wanted to uh, kick things off with a bang. I, I did a four-hour stream seven days ago. It was last Monday night. And as you'll hear, it starts with me completely sober, literally not one sip. And toward the end of it, I had put on my sundress that I lost <laughs> the bet to you and had to wear uh-huh. from the airport. I had a beautiful hat on. Uh-huh. You can hear throughout it the clinking of the glass. The, just the, 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 the process of self-destruction you can is hear manifesting before your eyes. Every step of the way. Again, it was four hours. And 
Toward the end, Huey is texting me, much like in every one of these cases, someone is trying to save you. You'll hear him trying to potentially save me, and I'm cringing already. Okay. We're going to drink some fucking brown drink and hang out. Uh, my first cheers is to anyone who's fucking done this dumb shit and hang, hanging out for a while, having a laugh, screwing around, killing some Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. I've seen all those at least 20 times. And I'm not the asshole that says, oh, I've seen that movie 100 times. I didn't say 100. I've seen 20. I've said 20 because I've definitely seen those four movies in their entirety at least 20 times. But God, all four of them, probably 30, 40, maybe 50 times. This is live action. I've been trying to book uh -oh. Tim Hardaway Jr. and we, we just got him for tomorrow. 11.30 tomorrow, oh, we got no. Tim Hardaway Jr., even after a f***ing loss. So that's what I was just texting. And Scott, who's a badass with the Mavs, he's like in the post-game locker room, and they're getting ready to hit the plane. And he's like, I got to text this respected media member <laughs> and let him know. Right, and wait, I'm I'll like, pause it there. Respect the... We are cruising downhill on, I hear, a, on a weekday fast cork just separate yeah. from the mouth of the bottle that's it sounds like a pirate yeah <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> my jug. grog i was running out of grog yeah so scotty's working and they just lost and i'm texting with him and i finished the thought here respected media member and let him know and i'm like oh shit, we got him on away i'm drunk on brown drink and having a good time and that's how life works is people you don't know what the person at the other end of your phone is doing that's my real point here and you think they're no what are they up to you don't know pay five dollars a month to us a 43 year old man struggle with his sexual identity <laughs> wait, a wait a minute wait a minute oh wait no minute. oh no he's speaking a different language now <laughs> it's amazing the transformation <laughs> Okay, you can can you rewind it ten five seconds? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so to. To, as a subscriber, yeah, they pay five dollars a month to watch. To, well, you can watch for free, but that's what I you to decipher that. That's my real point here. And you think they're no? What are they up to? You don't know. Pay five dollars a month to watch a forty-three-year-old man struggle with his sexual identity and technology. But I'll get off after this, I guess. My management says, take the sundress off. Like, I don't say anything that's anything even controversial. I got Mr. Manager up my ass. Oh, he's texting me. Look at that. Like, Huey, I understand, but respect it. Like, I'm not going to do anything over the f line here. Homie, I love you, but you may want to cut this off. All right. I guess Twitch isn't looking for fun and getting hammered in my house. I'm like my bed is 12 feet away. Like what am I doing wrong? My 22 year old band manager is up my ass. You put one sundress on and this guy's jamming us up. Wait, wait, wait. There's more. Okay. I think we're about home. Okay. So. 
Your oh Huey is sending you notes like, dude. Just, yeah, I read his text. He's yeah, like, bro, yes. I love you, but you should probably cut this off. Now, the real now at what is, point did you put the sundress on? And uh, you, you just walk into the bathroom and do it? <laughs> Again, I was on four hours and pounding yeah. brown, so I went to the bathroom a few times, and at some point I walked to the bathroom. It was hanging there. And the dress, I don't haven't known what the hell to do with it since I got it. What do yeah. I do with it? I'm not going to hang it in my closet. Wear it. I've tried. It's well, nice. It's just laying there with the hat, and I probably did a double take like, oh, yes. they'll, oh they'll love this. Yes. Ugh. I didn't want this to be just let's get drunk and f chill, but I guess here we are. All right, we need a f outro song. That's it. I gave you that one for you sign uh, off. Man, we need an outro song. Well, you know what we did? We raided Derek Holland's Twitch stream. Because that's one thing. If I have 100 people watching me, mm -hmm. I can send them all to anyone I want. And someone's like, go right, Derek Holland's. And he only had like 10 people or something on it. So we all went straight to Derek Holland's thing. And he's playing some game. Was he like, what the hell's yeah, going he's probably on? Like, and they all start writing this weird chat. Convert, <laughs> like, we have this language in my thing. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Is... $5 a month to us a 43-year-old man struggle with his sexual identity. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a dress. It was bad. That's awesome. I'm not judging you. Please don't. Thank no, you. I, no, that's why we played ours. And I, it's a sal salient point. I'm 12 feet away from my bed. Right. Now, you now, can do whatever what you do want you think in your I own got house. planned. Now, granted, Corby and I combined sound like the Pope compared. <laughs> Delivering <to that>. mass. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. We got him on away. I'm drunk. <laughs> that was a good point, too, that he's trying to let me know we have a great guest. And I'm like, oh, very cool, man. Thank you. But I can't even see my phone. Oh, my God. Well, I think you're going to win this competition of who was drunkest. Well, just to let everyone know, there's a Mavs game tonight, and it's been a week since that particular audio, so... Fabulous! Maybe catch me on twitch.tv slash Roy this very evening. There you go. Maybe we'll have a little fun together. Good plug. I need to get on that. You might enjoy it. The ticket. So over the weekend, Lewis Riddick, you know Lewis from the Monday Night Football crew, he I like him. Yes, I think he's very good, but uh, he also was a personnel man for Washington and Philadelphia for several years before he got into the broadcast booth. And so he gained a lot of experience both as a player and a personnel guy about team building. And that led him to some personal beliefs that sometimes get lost to those of us on the outside. And this is always a really interesting thing that I think in the end most fans don't actually care that much about. And I'm not here to uh, to chastise or to blame or anything. But I do think hearing him talk about the human element of building a team so that guys don't feel like a piece of meat and guys don't feel like they're playing for the league, that they get to an organization where they think, okay, these guys care about building a team a bit of a brotherhood and and they think that's maybe that little margin that that's those that that hidden two percent that uh, the winners can find but the other teams are always just spinning their wheels and bringing players in and bringing them out he talked about this the other day and i wanted to play you a little bit about this what's interesting is he said all this before Dak signed and actually there was a Dak component to it so uh so i just wanted to hear Lewis Riddick, talk to you on the ticket. Players who have been drafted by a team and who perform 
should be rewarded because what they wind up doing is passing down to the rest of the guys who come in there who are drafted that, hey, you come here, you put on our colors, you ball, you'll get your money, and then it just continues to grow. That positive culture continues to grow. You get paid, and, and, and that loyalty grows because guys, it then almost becomes like a collegiate type of atmosphere, right? The guys who are drafted by that team, paid by that team, you know, they promote the team uh, internally and externally. They talk good about the team. They recruit other players to come there as free agents. They're the guys who are out in the community constantly busting their rear end to represent the team in the right way. This, you, and, and it, they just lift the entire morale of the entire organization. That's, how, that's what you want. That's the kind of precedent you want to set. You don't want to set the precedent of constantly trying to nickel and dime players and treat players who have you know, left it all on the field for you uh, that you drafted. You don't want to treat them in such a way where they feel as though they are not valued and they're nothing but a expendable asset and then show all the love and fawn all over whoever the next you know greatest free agent that happens to hit the market and come down the pike you don't want to then start showing those guys all the love because i I tell you what it'll do is that player who was who you could have had be responsible for growing all the positive culture with inside your uh, locker room and inside your building i promise you he starts talking to other guys on that team and other free agents in the NFL saying this, look, man, this isn't the place you want to come to. Yeah. This place has no loyalty. This place doesn't understand culture in the least. And then all of a sudden you're wondering why agents are directing their players to go elsewhere, especially if the money's, you know, close to being equal. You're wondering why you can't land anybody. And here's the latest example of that. See, when people get all excited and see, this is how the whole fantasy football type of uh, mentality has you know, can get, can become dangerous when you're talking about, well, Dallas should go ahead and trade for Russell Wilson. Can you imagine what that locker room would be saying, given what Dak has given to that team in terms of performance and loyalty and doing everything the right way, if they went ahead and traded for Russell and Russell's a great player. Okay. Don't get me wrong. And didn't reward Dak at this point in time. Can you imagine? I mean, if I was in that locker room, I'd be like, man, please. And that's so the that's it, how you do it here. I agree, man. I think that's very well said. I, I think you have to reward your own in this sport, especially when I don't want to say that it's more of a uh, unity team, but there's a lot more moving parts than in any other sport, it seems like. And you got to rely on your brother and you want to have the trust of him. And yeah, I think part of that from a team building standpoint is making sure that the guys that you drafted, especially guys in the fourth round, who absolutely tear it up. And do everything you ask of them. Yes, and are perfect off the field. Right. You know, outside of uh, throwing a dinner party at COVID times or whatever. and Whatever, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, he may have made a bad judgment, but, you know, the guy's been basically perfect. And I, you have to. You And I think it's the same way in any business. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's that way here. I, you know, don't think for a second that when we're hiring people to do overnight board op shifts that 
Jake isn't mentioned, or I'm mentioned, you right. know, interns for that matter. Mino. Hey, work hard. There's opportunities yes, to move up the ladder. You can keep, if you do the right things and you bust your ass, you can move up in the company, whether or not that's true or not. We're not going to go get Phil from Denver next time we have an opening. We're going to give you a chance. Yeah. You've got to create that appearance. And yeah, I think as good as Russell Wilson is. That would have been very dangerous. It, it, it could be damaging to the culture. Let me just play a little bit more of this, if you don't mind. Okay. Here's uh, this. Andy Reid, Drew, to drive that home to all of us, and I know in many one-on-one conversations he used to emphasize it to me, in particular during his time in Philly and my time in Philly, the relationship aspect of it, how important it was to always remember that this is a relationship business, both within your own building and then throughout the NFL as a whole. And if you ever lose sight of that, and you ever think that this is just "quote unquote" fantasy fantasy football, or you think it's just about you and what you want to do, and how, and you just want to kind of turn this into a transactional type of business, eventually, it's going to knock you right over the head, and eventually, right out of the league. If you don't respect that aspect of it, and clearly, some teams don't respect that aspect of it, and that's why. The same teams every year, late in January, usually it's the same group of suspects that are always fighting for the championship. And the same ones are always selling hope at this time of year, talking about, look how much cap space we have. Look how many draft picks we have. (laughs) Oh, everybody, you know, renew your PSLs and your suites and all that and your season tickets because this year we have a ton of cap space. And look at where we're picking. We're in the top 10 and we're going to get a great player. And, And it's just like, and fans, they buy right into it, man. And that's why the NFLs always win because they sell hope better than anybody. And look, I get it. I, I, before I was a player, I was a fan. And now that I'm not a player, I'm still a fan. I love the NFL, but fundamentally, as far as how many teams conduct their business, it's flawed, man. And it's flawed because it's too transactional and not enough relationship driven. And you're, you're right on the money with that. And it's something I think teams, the good teams, pay a lot of attention to. The others pay a lot of lip service to it, but they don't really pay a lot of attention to it. That's uh, Lewis Reddick and uh, Robert Mays, and uh, I thought that was really good stuff to remind us that going crazy, that you know, going crazy for someone else's players sometimes, even if you think you know this guy's a uh, A minus and our guy's just a B. You have to understand that those guys in the room, man, they fight together. They, they, you know, they raise their families together. And you can bet when they're sitting around the lawn chairs with the brews, they're talking about, man, what do you think they're going to do when you're up? Yep. Or where do you think you're going to have to go play? You know, and it, uh, I think that matters. And I, and I, I think the same teams play at the end of the season every year because they do build an actual culture that's more than just rent a piece of meat until the better one comes along. And I, I realize there are realities, but you as a franchise, and, and I think you don't just ask this of the Cowboys, you probably ask this of the Mavericks, the Stars, the Rangers. What's your culture? And do guys want to play here, or do they just take this job until they can find one with a real franchise in your league that has a real culture that guys can't wait to get to? Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is always the team that pops into my mind when you hear culture. Yes. And it's been that way since 1971. That culture has existed for 50 years. And it's worked. And yeah, they've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks along the way. 
But there is a culture there, and you can tell. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay were probably high-fiving that they could finally get out of Detroit. Absolutely. Deshaun Watson can't wait to get out of Houston. Yeah. So there's the opposite, isn't there? Well, You have to actually convince your own players that we're going to make it great to play here. It's Cole, Give us a chance. It's Cole Beasley leaving here. Yeah. And the minute he oh steps foot in yes. Buffalo, now again, Cole wears his emotions on his sleeve. Cole is a guy that... But he was he was saying some things that needed to be said. Yeah, he was like, look, I, I can't believe how great that... And again, it's like the fandom here said to him when he left to go to Buffalo, <laughs> have fun up there in Buffalo, Cole. And, you know, Buffalo is right there at the precipice, if that's a word, of being, you know, the best team in football. And a lot of it has to do probably with their culture. And you hear other players up there say that now. That this culture that they, if if you've ever taken a swim through Dallas, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it just does it for whatever reason. It hasn't exist and it doesn't exist. Playing in Dallas at times reminds guys of going to Vegas. Like everything's glitz, glamour, and it's a big show. And what actually matters is it football or is it the yacht or is it the the pro shop or or you know what Victoria's what Secret. matters to you guys? What are you trying to accomplish? And Buffalo, I bet you there's no mystery on what they're trying to do. They're trying to build a program. They may not be great at it. They may not have the same resources, but it's football. Yeah. And, and and I think Cole was like, holy cow, this is a completely different experience. Yeah, and, you know, it is 90% of fan. if you ask fans, 90% of them would have said, if there's a way to get Russell Wilson, get Russell Wilson. Figure it out. We said it. Yeah, do it. Figure it out. But those guys in the room, the you know, 45 to 65 dudes that are in and out of there from roster to practice squad, they don't look at it that way. No. At no, all. Not at all. 